Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Now, for us, you know, and this is what I want you to consider, the gospel that we're preaching is, you know, we're preaching the gospel of who Jesus is, what he did, that we would have faith in him. At this point in time, they're down to, people are either worshiping the beast or they're, worship, they're gonna worship God. And God is saying, look, I'm telling you to worship me, fear me, worship me. Fear me, this is really important, right? If I fear God, I don't have to fear anything else. Um, there's, there was a lot, there'll be a lot of reason during the tribulation period to fear the Antichrist. The book of Revelation can be kind of scary. There's all this talk of judgment, the mark of the beasts, and the Antichrist. It's pretty frightening. But in today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that for believers in Christ, there is nothing to fear. God's will is for everyone to come into a relationship with him. But for those that have, the rapture isn't meant to scare, but to bring excitement and the joy that the Lord can come back to take his people, the church, at any time. We'll be with him in heaven forever. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 14 as he continues his message. God's Overtime Squad. Right now, the, the, the people we want to be is the church. That's the group you want to be in right now. If you missed the rapture, well, then you want to, you know, you can't be part of this group if you're not Jewish, but you can be saved uh, during the tribulation period. So, um, but, but God has given us very specific things that I don't know how we can mess this up. I, I did read a few guys that, respectable guys, that looked at the fact that it says they're virgins. They said, oh, we don't think this meant that they were you know, sexually, you know, pure virgins. They, they, they took it as, they kind of spiritualized it and said they were, they were pure in terms of God. They, were, they weren't, you know, committing spiritual adultery or, you know, that sort of thing. I don't ascribe to that um, because I, I'm taking it for what it says, that they were not defiled with women, um, that these are people that were just separated unto the Lord in a unique way, kind of like the Apostle Paul. They weren't, give, they weren't married. They weren't having kids. They were virgins. Um, cause everything else it gives us is not to be spiritualized. It's, it's just matter of fact. So they were virgins. Um, they were not defiled with women, uh, because they were virgins. They, these are the ones they follow the lamb wherever he goes. I love that. I kept reading that over and over again. They just follow the lamb wherever he goes. Um, that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to follow the lamb wherever he goes, whatever God's doing. We want to be, we want to be right there. Just Lord, I'm following your lead. Um, this wise counsel for us that we would do like they did. Uh, they followed the lamb wherever he went. They were redeemed from among men. And then they were the first fruits uh, to God, to the lamb. So of the tribulation period, these are those God saved them. And then he's going to save through them. He's going to use them. They're going to be uh, many people have called them the 144,000 Billy Grahams or 144,000 evangelists, that they're going to be the people that God is using to share the gospel during this period of time. Verse five says, and in their mouth, was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So there's no deceit in their mouth. And then it says that they're before the throne of God without fault. Here's the cool thing. God has promised to do that for you and I as well. In, the, in Jude, uh, verse 24, it says, Now unto him who is able to pre present you faultless before the throne. Before the, but God is going to be, because of the blood of Christ, you guys, Every one of you guys listening to this and you're a believer, you know you have faults, right? We're flawed. We're, we, we blow it. We fall down. We get back up. We know we're imperfect. We're trying. We're growing. We're being sanctified, but we're just not quite done yet. 
And God says, but now unto him who's able to present you faultless. One day, because of Jesus, you and me that have believed in Christ, we're going to be presented faultless. I, I, I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that one day, with all my faults, because of Jesus, I'm going to be presented faultless. All my faults are gone. They'll be wiped, they're wiped, they're wopped away. They, they've, been, they've been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Well, this group here, this 144,000 that are redeemed to God during the tribulation period, God also presents them faultless. They're, they're, they're able to be faultless before his throne. And, um, and I, you know, what a blessing that is. Now, so before we go to verse six, the first part of this God's overtime squad, he's got this 144,000. They're going to be used mightily of God to evangelize the world, to evangelize the earth during this period of time. Now in verse six, we move to a, a, the next part of God's squad. There's angelic help. Look at chapter 14, verse six. It says, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue and people. And we stop right there. And so now God does something that many have wondered, why doesn't God just do that now? Why doesn't God just stick his head through the clouds and say, hey, I'm God, fear me, you know, surrender to me. And then everybody would believe for sure. God says, that's not what I want to do. Uh, right now, God's method of spreading the gospel is that those of us that know the Lord, that we would be used of the Lord to share him with others. That's God's method right now. When the church is removed and we're all in heaven because we've been raptured, caught up, or we died and gone to be with the Lord, and this period of the tribulation period, and we're not here, God's like, I'm going to send 144,000 Jewish evangelists, and I'm going to have an angel go throughout the whole earth preaching the gospel to everybody. Listen, every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. This is a, 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 a this angel speaks every language. Everybody's going to hear it. Everybody's going to, I mean, this, everybody's going to get this word. Everybody's going to get this message. No one will be without, um, no, no one will go without hearing it and, you know, will be, no one's going to be exempt from uh, their response, how they've responded to this. Everyone's going to hear it. Once again, because this is the book of Revelation, which means the unveiling. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book is unveiling Jesus. What does this tell me about Jesus? Look at what he's doing. He's like, guys, people, the, 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 those that are left, those that have not been damned to hell yet, would you come on? I want to save me. If this doesn't teach you that God wants to save, that's what he wants to do. He's raised up this 144,000 Jewish group and he's going to send them out empowered to go evangelize. Later on, I mean, there's going to be prophets. We had the prophets that he raised up here. He's got an angel just going everywhere, sharing the gospel to every tribe, nation, tongue. Everybody can hear it. So the gospel is for everybody. We know that, right? It's not for one people group. It's not God doesn't have a favorite, you know, race or group. Everybody, everybody that will come. That's what he'll be doing here. Now, this is God's overtime squad, right? We're not in overtime yet. We're, we're still in the regular gameplay. So as we're reading this and we're seeing all that God is doing to save people then, you got to know this, that God wants to use me and you to do it now. God wants to use me and you to share the gospel now. Because right now we're his squad. We're his, we're, his rec we're his method of the presentation of this message now. 
This is what God will be doing then, again, halfway through the tribulation period. But you and me, we're the squad that's in right now. Um, are you doing your part? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you bold with people? Are you are you willing to lose relationships? Are you willing to have uncomfortable conversations that someone might hear? Right. This angel is going to share. Everybody's not going to hear it and respond favorably. Everybody's not going to be saved, but they're going to have the opportunity. They're going to get the information. They're going to hear the message. That's the same thing we're to do. We're just we just share the message. Not responsible for people's responses, favorable, not favorable, but we're responsible to share it. That's what God would have us to do. And so this angel goes forth sharing the message. This is what he's saying. Listen to his message in verse seven. He says this with a loud voice. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. So he's telling people, look, fear God and give glory to him. The hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This this angel's a creationist. This angel doesn't believe in evolution, by the way. This angel is saying, look, fear God and give glory to him. Here's the deal. Because the people on earth are being tempted to worship the beast, to give honor to the beast, to give glory to the beast. God says, don't do that. This angel comes and says, look, worship, fear God and give glory to him. If you don't know who he is, he's the one that created everything. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Worship the creator. Well, the Bible teaches us clearly in scripture. We know who's the creator. Uh, we know from Colossians. We know from John 1.1. 1, 1. We know from the beginning of just God is a creator. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, all present in creation, holding all things together. It tells us in Colossians, worship God is what he's saying. Now, for us, you know, and this is what I want you to consider the gospel that we're preaching is, you know, we're preaching the gospel of who Jesus is, what he did, that we would have faith in him. At this point in time, they're down to people are either worshiping the beast or they're worship. They're going to worship God. And God is saying, look, I'm telling you to worship me. Fear me. Worship me. Fear me. This is really important. right? If I fear God, I don't have to fear anything else. Um, there's there was a lot. There'll be a lot of reason during the tribulation period to fear the Antichrist, to fear the false prophet, to fear the beast and their system because their system is anti-Christ. Their system is against Christ and it's against Christ's people and, and people will die for their faith. But God is saying, look, fear me. Don't fear them. Fear me. It'd be better to die at their hands and go to heaven than to fear them and die and, and, and fall into my hands of wrath. Think about that, you guys. It would be better to Fear God on earth and die a brutal death at the hands of Antichrist, you know, wicked people. It would be better because then you go to heaven, right? Then it would be to fear the Antichrist and what he could do to you on earth and then fall into the hands of the living God. Bible says that in Hebrews is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, right? God is God is no he's not a joke. He's to be revered and feared. And so um, Jesus said in the Gospels that. Fear, don't fear him who can just kill the body and that's it. Fear him who, who can destroy the body and, and your soul in hell. And so, um, you know, God says, fear, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who has made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. And so that's what they're being exhorted. This angel is going all throughout the earth, exhorting people that they would worship God. Verse eight. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, 
because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And so uh, we'll get a lot more on Babylon in chapter 17 and a little 18. Um, Babylon is 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 prophetically, um, you know, spoken of sometimes as a literal city, uh, sometimes as a religious system, a political system, um, always evil, always bad in, in every way. Um, Always, always, you know, representing those that are rebelling against God. And so God says here, Babylon has fallen. This 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 system of religion, of belief, of everything that, that has been against me, it's fallen. And um, not just that it's fallen, but she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Um, the worst. And this is this is speaking of the worship of other gods. When you look at the 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 the, uh, the wrath of her fornication, it's, it's been when you think of fornication, it's, it's illicit sex. Um, it's, it's being in relationship with someone that you don't belong in relationship with. And anyone that's worshiping something that's not God is, is, is worshiping something that's not worthy of worship, not supposed to be worshiped. And so that's what the, this world system has led people into. And so, you know, during this time, Babylon is going to fall again. We'll get a lot more of that in chapter 17 and 18. Then verse nine, it says, then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. So let's talk about the mark of the beast for just a moment. Um, there's a lot of talk right now. Because of the COVID-19 and all this going on, there's talk of, you know, uh, um, them coming up with a, a vaccine. Um, some are speculating. And I, I would caution you guys, be really careful how much attention and time you give to all the speculative thought and all the conspiracies and all the things that people are dreaming up. But people are very concerned they're hearing that, oh, they're going to make everyone get a vaccine and then the vaccine is going to, you know, mark you. They can follow you around. They can have all your information. And, you know, some are suspicious. Some are suspicious that that's the mark of the beast. So let me help us out a little bit. Right. Whatever's going to happen as a result of COVID-19, whatever the government's going to do, whatever's going to happen with vaccines, whatever's going to happen with the technology for them to, you know, put a shot in your wrist or wherever and and identify you medically and have your information and so forth and so on. Um, is that all the mark of the beast? Because some believers sound like everything that comes up, oh, that's, that's, that's the mark of the beast. Check it out. It's not going to be the mark of the beast until we're halfway through the tribulation period. So, so relax, folks. Relax. Look, look at when the mark of the beast comes up. That means the church been raptured. The Antichrist been revealed. And now, you know, it's the mark of the beast. I mean, that means that there's a satanic system publicly reigning, antichrist, false prophet, you know, uh, all of that. And, and then uh, it's, 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 it's in conjunction with worship, right? It's not just taking of the mark to buy or sell. Uh, it says if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark, note that it's in conjunction with the worship of the beast. I'm worshiping the beast and I'm receiving his mark um, that I can function in his system. So in order for it to be the mark of the beast, it's got to be during the tribulation period, during this time, in conjunction with the worship of the beast so that I can participate in his world order, his world system. Uh, we're not there yet. So 
Should some new technology come out where you can get a thing and it can, you can scan yourself at work or you can scan into the doctor, I, I think you can relax. I don't think anyone's going to receive the mark of the beast on accident. It's not going to be something that, oh, I didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't mean to do it. No, you'll mean to do it. The people that receive this mean to do it. It's not an accident. Didn't so, didn't happen. The government didn't made them do it. It's a choice that they did because they worship the beast. So I hope that helps us. Because I get I get sad when I hear Christians that sound like they don't know this and they're like, oh, my gosh, is, is that is that? No, sir, ma'am. It's not that. This is not it yet. We're not there yet. There's some things have to transpire first. But here's what we can say. We, we should be looking up because our redemption draws nigh. The fact that the technology is there, the motive for the technology is there. We should be reading this saying, wow, this this could happen in our lifetime. This could happen in a matter of we could be here in months. That means that the church could be gone in moments. Right. Nothing needs to happen. That's that's how this should be speaking to us. Uh, should it make you afraid because you ain't going to be here for it. Right. We, we get to go. We raptured. We get to pose and roll. You know, we get to fly about of here. So this is not our this is not for us to fear. It's, it's to inform us and it will inform those that are left behind. But we won't be here for this. Um, but let's go back. So, so what will happen to those that worship the beast and receive his mark on and the mark is on the fore, on his forehead or on his hand? He himself, the one that does this, will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. Note this. This is the very cup I believe Jesus was speaking about in Matthew 26, 39, as he prayed in the garden Gethsemane. He says he went away a little further. He fell on his face and he prayed, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It was a cup of the wrath of God. He said, man, if I could escape that, if there's any other way to save him without that. But nevertheless, your will be done. And, and there was no other way. So he drank the full cup of the wrath of God. He took our wrath upon himself. So that we wouldn't endure. We would for believers in Christ, those that have put their faith in Jesus. We've escaped the wrath of God through faith in the finished work of Jesus who loved you and died for you and rose from the grave for you. That you could be forgiven. You could be saved. You can enter into relationship with the Lord. What we read in Jude is true for you that you're going to be presented faultless before the Lord because of Jesus. That's the cup of the wrath of God. You have escaped it if you are if you're a person that has has faith in Christ. But for those here that are worshiping the beast, not the lamb, I says that they're going to they're also going to drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength. Um, that that phrase full strength um, ha, has the idea that it, it, it's, 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 a, it's as bad as it could possibly be. Nothing held back. You know, it's the strongest. I mean, just think about God's wrath and God saying this will be my wrath as strong as my wrath can be. The strongest version of my wrath poured out for those that have rejected me, for those that are worshiping the beast. Then it says, uh, continuing in verse uh, 10, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. So one aspect of eternal judgment is fire, uh, is torment. 
And here it says of those who worship the beast, those who who are who, who fall under the wrath of God, that they're going to be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. So there are those today and there are some pastors and ministers that are wanting to um, they want to remove the idea of hell. They say, I just don't think a God of love would, you know, do such a thing, so forth and so on. And um, I, that's not for me to decide what I think God will do. I'm to read the word of God and let God tell me what he will do. And God is telling me here that there is a place of torment, as he told us in the Gospels, as spoken of elsewhere directly from Jesus. Here it says there is fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. Notice not in the presence of the saints. Um, the lamb will be there as judge. We get a scene later on. We get to Revelation 20. We get the great white throne judgment. We get to see the scene laid out. And those whose names are not written in the, in the book of life of the lamb will be thrown into the lake of fire. And everywhere you look, it's fire, it's fire, fire and brimstone, weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever. Um, that's, that's what the Bible is describing of hell. The worst part of hell, I believe, is that you are removed from the presence of Almighty God forever. Never can be forgiven. Never can, you can never come back from hell. And I want to be clear. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to overstate, but I don't want to understate this because some people need to understand that there's, there's, there's a hell to, to get out of. There's a hell to escape. Some people are not, they're not drawn to Christ. They don't see the, they don't see the importance of the value in what Jesus did because they don't understand there's hell to pay for dying without Christ. And so maybe you're one, maybe you're listening and you're someone that says, man, I'm just kind of doing my life. I'm doing my thing. I'm having a good time. Just hear this. You don't know when you'll die. You don't know how long you'll live. You don't know when things will end for you. But if you continue to live like this, where you knowingly reject Christ and somehow you die without him, this is your reality. You can never come back from it. You can never get, you can't get to hell like you see in the movies and, and say, oh, I'm sorry. Let me come back as an angel, do some good deeds. It don't work like that. Hell is forever. You never get to, you never get a do over. You never get to come back. The, the Bible says that, that, that if you can hear the Lord speaking to you today, then harden not your heart. If, if your heart is soft enough today to hear God speaking, then you need to receive him today. Because if you harden your heart, it is possible for a person to harden their heart to the point where they no longer hear. And so if you're listening today and you can hear today, you should respond to God today because you can get to a point where you don't hear anymore. And so um, here it says, again, it's giving us information about what torment will look like for them. Verse 11, continuing this, it says, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. So there's no out, right? It doesn't have an end date. It's forever. And forever and ever in the Greek means forever and ever. Uh, in, in black, it's forever and ever. It, it just never stops, right? It's forever. It's eternal. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. They have no rest day or night. Now, I thought this is interesting, right? Because when people die, everybody does RIP, rest in peace. And oftentimes people are suggesting rest in peace to people that will never have rest or peace again for eternity. Think about that. 
When someone dies without Christ, they will never have rest and they will never have peace again. They, they had any rest they had, they had it before they died. Any peace they experienced was before death. You die without Christ, there will never be rest or peace again. The book of Revelation lays out many things that will happen in the future. It can be unsettling to read about some of the things that are within the pages of this prophetic book. But God wants your heart to be at peace with what he'll bring to pass. Like in most stories, there's a great battle and then good overcomes evil. This is a great story of all time and we get to experience it with a loving but just God. So rather than disregarding this book as a bunch of strange imagery that seems non-cynical, be empowered reading this book, knowing that God's in control and that He will win. Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all these things. If you're seeking some assistance with where and how to read the Bible, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you read on a daily basis. Look on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through Revelation. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry in a financial way. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry is a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining us next time on A Transforming Word.